0: I work with a lot of people in, in the leadership world and leaders are awful about asking for their needs to be at. You know how it goes. It's like I like to meet their needs. I don't want to meet my needs. And I'll just, I'll just go to God for all my love and not from other people. I don't want to be high means. And I'll kind of push them on this and I'll say, You're gonna run out of fuel here. I see I'll say, Why is it that you why is it that you don't ask for people and tell them, can I have half the lunch today and just tell you how I'm struggling with my kid who's on, smoking dope, or I've got a problem in my marriage, or uh, there's something going on at work. Why, why can't you ask for that time? And they'll say the following, and you've heard it a million times, Colleen, they'll say, I don't want to have a burden. End of story. I don't want a burden. And I'll say, yeah. may I challenge that, please? Sure. <laughs> Let's go to Galatians 6, verse 2. And it says, we are supposed to bear each other's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. What does that mean, Sam? Well, it means that I bear your burdens, you bear my burdens, and then the law of Christ, which is the law of love, is is done. I said, so you when you say, I don't want to be a burden, you're not getting it. You are a burden. So and and when I'm speaking in a group, I'll say all you guys turn to each other and say, hi, I'm Judy, I'm a burden. You okay with me? And they'll all start (laughs) laughing about how embarrassed they feel. But we are burdens and we bless each other by giving them the burdens because then the feel people feel like they matter. And they'll go do that when they'll come back to me and they'll say, I told a few people that, and they went, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. You're always giving to me. You're always giving me advice. You're always supporting me. And you're telling me you got a problem with your kids smoking dough. I feel like blessed, like I can help you. It changes everything.
1: Welcome to another Reframing Ministry podcast. It is so good to be with you again, and such an honor for me to introduce to you my guest, Mr. John Townsend. John, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Colleen. We are going to be talking about your book, People Fuel, Fill Your Tank for Life, Love, and Leadership. And John, first of all, let me introduce you. By also saying you're a New York Times bestseller, you guys just redid the Boundaries book, I think within the last few years, which is wonderful. You have the John Townsend Leadership Institute that you founded, and you have 31, 32 books out there. Thank you for all the work that you're doing.
0: You're welcome.
1: I, have their help. I, well, most definitely they are. This People Fuel book is fantastic, and it's also challenging for those of us who are caregivers who are. Um, who are given an extra dose of responsibility in life and so my first question is as you said we're created for relationships to be in meaningful relationships which gives us fulfillment in life how does that look for someone who is very challenged to have time to pursue that
0: um, yeah, it's, it's always hard because there's never there's never a dull moment with a caregiver. I mean, there's always a line waiting for somebody to who has help. I mean, it's especially after in the COVID and post COVID days, it's a big deal. And when when people get asked me the question, I say, well, let's think about your car. You're too busy to go to when you hear the rattles to take it to the shop. Don't you just blown away? What's going to happen? Well, you'll be riding the bus pretty soon. And so it has to be some kind of a priority. And, and I have ways to help people calendar it and use the time well. But yeah, it's a challenge, but you don't really have an option because you know the research as well as I do, colleague, yeah. Um, yeah. compassion fatigue and burnout are huge issues and they're medically you know, validated issues. So we don't have a choice.
1: Yes, and I love that you are into the interpersonal neurobiology stuff and the science that's coming out is amazing on the face-to-face interactions that mm-hmm. what happens in our brain. Um, mm-hmm. As a result of that, you mentioned in the book the tree and the trunk and just the relational pieces. Can you explain that?
0: Sure. Um, it came about when I was working with uh, a little story there. I was working with um, a leadership group, and they were and they were Christians. And I said, so you know, let's go to Luke thirteen, where it talks about the, the fig tree that was not working, and the master says, got cut it down." And then Jesus, the advocate, comes in and says, "Let me change the soil around." And I said, so. You can see by the Bible that for you guys to be high capacity, achieving great things, when your fruit is bad, when you're tired, when you're cranky, when you're burnt out, you got to go to the soil. So where do you go to get your 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 um, your your um soil ingredients? And they said, well, we got the Lord. And I said, well, check, we got to have the Lord. And they said, we've got a great spouse. I mean, kind of these, a, a bunch of CEOs are all married. We've got a great spouse, I said, great spouse. And then they said, oh, also, our, our Labrador retriever, Max, I mean, he's just so <laughs> he doesn't judge me. He loves me. He licks me. You know what? And I said, okay, let me, let me parse this. So God, yeah, that's who God is. No. Secondly, your spouse is probably overwhelmed that you're the only person that the you they're the only person you're bringing your needs to. And when you're tired, overwhelmed, you know, embarrassed, and they're kind of getting tired. By that time the spouse walks in the room and she goes, listen to this guy. I'm just listen to what he's saying. And I said, and your, your dog is genetically engineered to lick you because he knows he won't eat otherwise. So that's kind of a <laughs> mulligan. So you need to have what I call a life team, three to 10 people who know it all about you, care about you, and you need to ask them to for their support. And that changed the whole paradigm was because now in the tree, the fruit is the fruit of our lives, our relationships, how we feel about life, our insides, our security, our insecurity, our performance in business and our performance in ministry. And those things are dependent on how well you connect, certainly with God. We call this the vertical connection, but also the horizontal connection where God says, you know, First Peter 4.10, we are the stewards of his manifold grace. People are, are also the, we're kind of calling, we're, we're the gas station for each other. We're the delivery system for the grace of God. And most of us are really good here vertically, love and devotion and surrender to Jesus. But we aren't very good horizontally, and we and the book is about fixing that.
1: So give us a couple of pieces of information on how do we fix that? What do the nutrients look like? Which, by the way, I love the site, the relationalnutrients.com. I think that's what it is. Or it's your site with relational nutrients that you can download.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I started thinking, okay. How do we try, try to be healthy? And, and you know, these days we're all into bio-nutrients. You want to make sure you're working out and not eating too much bad stuff and eating good stuff and all this. And we take these supplements. And, and that's really kind of what makes us healthy. So I started thinking, okay, supplements is a good idea, nutrients, supplements, all that. And I started playing with that. Because if you don't have enough calcium in your system, you're going to get bone problems. If you don't have enough iron in your system, you're going to get... um. uh uh, blood problems anemia those sorts of things so i said god made us also not with just bio nutrients but with relational nutrients
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and relational nutrients aren't delivered by a pill they're delivered by a conversation Mm -hmm. a text a dinner a lunch a zoom or whatever where we give each other the nutrients that we're supposed to have to feel better and so that kind of changes so as i analyzed that i worked on for a while there are these four categories. There's 22. We don't have time to do the total 22. But there's four categories. And, and, and it started to make sense. The first category, there's six or seven in each category. One of them is to be, the first category is to be present. Yeah. Sometimes when we're lonely, we feel afraid, we're overwhelmed, our amygdala is just flipping out. We don't need somebody to come in and give us, you know, 10 homework assignments. You know that We, we need somebody to say, it's just awful. I'm with you. Sort of like what Job's friends did after his major losses. It says in Job that they sat with him seven days and seven nights and never said a word to him for his grief was so great. Just being present with each other. And we're Christians. We aren't really good at that. We want to fix. But there's so many great things that happen. We just, I'm with you. I get it. Tell me more about it. I'm your friend. How'd that feel? So that's the be present part. Then there's the convey the good part. Sometimes people just need to know that they're okay and loved, sort of like Mm. nature's Prozac. I mean, things like affirming somebody that when they do a good thing and saying, I saw you with that difficult conversation and you held your own and you were kind and gracious. I know that was hard for you. Well done. And people go, you're just complimenting out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue and telling people how much hope you have for them. It's kind of being positive with people because sometimes people just need that boost when they're down. So first, just sit with them. Sometimes it just needs the boost. The third one is what we call de- deliver reality. Reality is when some of us need kind of a Gandalf in life or a yoda or whatever the figure would be. Somebody who's wise who can tell us, here's why you do this. The word why is very important, the third category. When we say, why am I acting on this? Why am I putting up with this behavior? Why am I allowing this person to do this? Well, let's look at your past. And maybe there's some patterns. You're very good at this. You've written very well about this, how the past kind of tells us about the present. We can make changes. And so deliver reality is like feedback and insight and wisdom and all that great stuff. And the fourth category is take a step, action. You know, we we can do all the great interior in our head stuff in the world. But if we don't take an action step, like have this conversation, have this difficult conversation, read this book, go to this conference, make this choice. It kind of doesn't work if we don't and so what we have to do as caregivers we have to know what our people need does this person right need now that it didn't need any presence now maybe they need an action step figure that out but even more importantly we have to know what we need when we're going into our loan lives and to identify today's not advice day i just need to know that you'll be with me and attend to me and contain me because i'm just overwhelmed we have to be we have to be really kind of like informed on our own interior life so we can get God's relational nutrients for those people who care about us.
1: I think so often, John, we're not raised to be attuned to our own internal life because we lacked that attunement from those who raised us. Or right. there's been some kind of trauma or crisis and there's... Um, an attachment that has been damaged so this goes way back to some very deep things help us know how to get acquainted with our own needs
0: yeah and the good news there colleen is is you and i are both neuroscience people um the neuroscience has showed us so many things because what i love about neuroscience is that every great robust study that comes out from it about love Challenge, resilience, struggle, relationships of at work, all the all those great studies only do one thing; they tell you that the Bible had it right from the beginning. Yes,
1: yes, they can, so can. Yeah, I true. can find a
0: Bible verse for every great study. So it's sort of like now if God finally gets the credit for the way He just he, he He built us to heal and grow. So when we got somebody who had really not very attuned empathic experiences, the great thing that neuroscience showed us was that we can rewire the system. We can grow new gray matter with new relationships, healthy relationships, and all of a sudden, we start going, gosh, I'm lonely. (laughs) I never felt lonely before, or gosh, I feel I can take somebody's love in and I used to kind of push it away. I I got a funny story about that. Do you mind if I?
1: I would love to hear it.
0: Well, I I work with a lot of people in in the leadership world, and leaders are awful about asking for their needs to. You know how it goes. It's like I like to meet their needs. I don't want to meet my needs. And I'll just I'll just go to God for all my love and not from other people. I don't want to be high means. And I'll kind of push them on this and I'll say, You're going to run out of fuel here. I see, I'll say, why is it that you why is it that you don't ask for people and tell them, can I have half the lunch today and just tell you how I'm struggling with my kid who's on smoking dope or I've got a problem in my marriage or uh, there's something going at work? Why, why can't you ask for that time? And they'll say the following. And you've heard it a million times, Colleen. They'll say, I don't want to be any burden. End of story. I don't want burden. And I'll say, yeah. may I challenge that, please? Sure. Let's go to Galatians 6, verse 2. And it says, we are supposed to bear each other's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Now, what does that mean, Sam? Well, it means that I bear your burdens, you bear my burdens, and then the law of christ which is the law of love is, is done and i said so you're when you say i don't want to be a burden you're not getting it you are a burden so and i, and I when i'm speaking in a group i'll say I, all you guys turn to each other and say hi i'm judy i'm a burden you okay with me and they'll all start laughing about <laughs> how embarrassed they feel but we are burdens and we bless each other by giving them our, the burdens because then the feel people feel like they matter and they'll go do that when they'll come back to me and they'll say I told a few people that and they went, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. You're always giving to me. You're always giving me advice. You're always supporting me. And you're telling me you got a problem with your kid smoking dope. I feel like blessed, like I can help you. It changes everything. Well, hey, well, hey Colleen, my name is John. I'm a ex- bird.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, John, I just felt like you had a conversation with my older son last week because he and I had a conversation and he's like, Mom, you've got to be reaching out more in community. And so, yeah, that's one of my big, big challenges is to reach out because I think I'm asking too much.
0: I don't want to be a burden.
1: I know. Okay, I'm a burden, John. Let's call it a day. well hey, let me right, ask- <laughs> we're
0: buddies. We'll be burden buddies.
1: <laughs> let me ask you this. You said at the beginning, um, how do we find the time? And you said, I have a calendar. I have, I have you know, a, a path or points for people to kind of look at as as an outline on pursuing relationships these 3 to th- 3 to 10 people to have in their lives. What is that?
0: Well, first off, you know in the book where I talk about the seven types of people, you know, yeah, the, the seven
1: to- Cs. And yes. and
0: our our buddies and our friends all the way down to the crazy contaminated toxic folks. Yes. yes. Well, yes. when you're hitting burnout and you know you're kind of not functioning well, you start realizing we're all bottom heavy. I don't mean physically. We we got too many. Well, maybe
1: we are physically. Who knows? Yeah, okay, maybe we got that to uh,
0: a <laughs> different podcast. That's
1: right. right.
0: But um, we've got so many of these giving relationships, and not bad people. Some of them are, but most of them are kind people. They're just they're just kind of drains, and we don't avail ourselves enough for the right people. And what I have to say to them is, you need to make some hard choices. And here's the word. And it's a hard word, but it works. Pruning. To take your calendar and look in your next sixty days. Over where you're spending your relational time. I mean, we all know we got to do less Netflix and you know, less whatever. But you'll start to see, uh, I meet with them once a week and it's a, they they just have so many needs. And this person too, and this person too, and this person talks about themselves all the time. I'm getting tired of that. And you'll start to go, goodness gracious, I have to prune back. And yes. that's when you have to have those conversations. I'm not going to be quite as available as I was. And maybe I can find somebody else for you to talk to. I have to do a lot of referring to good counselors and good churches and good coaches yes. and yes. this sort of thing. And it's a little painful, but I'm telling you, once you've done some pruning, you go, I've got space for some people that want to give to me. Mentors and coaches and just cool people that love the Lord that they want to be with me. But the pruning is necessary.
1: And Frankly, I don't have a hard time with that at all (laughs) after being one that did simply because my my litmus test is if I'm doing a coaching session, I'll give one or two things to work on. If they haven't done that by the next time we meet, I know that they aren't really interested, especially at the very beginning, because there's a lot of motivation getting started. So so if there is that that give and take relationship, it definitely is give and take and not just give, give, give. You know right. again it's it's it and, and then some coaching
0: since coaching is something we do to bless others it should be more of a give out but we've got right. to also have those three to ten people that we're mutual with that that you know how's your life going well i've got some it's been a hard week can i have half of our lunch and 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 mutual people go yeah i need half and you need half and that's how we fill up each other's cups and it really works
1: it really does we have a community of caregivers online And I will tell you, we are not fixing each other. We are not there to give a Bible verse, which is usually misquoted on the bumper sticker. Anyways, um, (laughs) we are there (laughs) to to love, to speak truth, to give ideas and to share with one another the huge burdens that these people are carrying. So I want to ask you, like you said at the beginning, the gas tank is going to get on empty. And we definitely have ours running on empty very quickly. Um, give us some tools for those of us who are daily needed at home, maybe cannot get out. Um, one of the things I've thought about is doing a Zoom call with a group once a month just to say, hey, let's talk about how you're doing this month.
0: Absolutely. Those tools, now, we learned so much with COVID because we found out that Zoom is really effective. Nothing will ever replace face to face just because God made us that way. But right. if 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 face to face is a, a medium rare ribeye, dry aged, Zoom is a really good burger. Yeah. And, and if you put them both in a blender, the blender would say, the, the scientists would say these are the same things. They're giving you the same amount of protein and calcium and all this. And your your head goes, okay, I, I, I'm not talking to people, I'm not in a chair with them but I watch their eyes and they're kind and they're listening to me and they really enter my world and that I can see in their eyes. They feel what I feel. You walk away with your thankful. So any kind, I'm really big on the tech ways to do it. I have even, and I'm doing, I do this a lot. I've even run process groups with zoom and it's highly effective where people, you know, all around the seven people all around the world. And, and, and one person I'll, I'll be looking at it and I'll say, your, eye just listened and the person who Seattle walked to the person looked to a person in Brazil and says you were talking about your mom and i saw your eyes glisten too and what's that about and their voices change and they begin to support each other and say i'm on your team and i've got you i'm a big believer in the power of that because then when we're home we are still not just at home
1: yeah and that's so, that's so important because um For many of us, we are home at least 25 to 30 hours a week in addition to working. So sometimes it is hard to reach out or to think about putting myself together. I just want to be in my jammies by six o'clock. I'm tired by the end of the day. Yeah,
0: By that time, you're in your sad gray yoga pants and life is over for a while, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So then if we all come together, it works out. Um. I love the four quadrants. In fact, I had my assistant run it off because I really want to encourage people to look at that. I think even number one, John, for so many in the church is hard just to be present.
0: that's that so funny you said that. Whenever I'm training in the leadership world, in the, either in the corporate world or in the church world, that's the very hardest one for them to learn because— I think it's because as Christians, we we don't want to see people in pain. So we have a fix it. Well, try this, try this. And some people people just say, stop it. I just need to know you get it about me. It's which huge. that goes I back to the needs. Is
1: need. It is huge. And that goes back to the needs saying, you know, I am needing you not to fix me. But I do need to just share my heart. I'm grieving right now or wherever I am, which, again, goes back to knowing one's needs.
0: hmm Absolutely. Um, And a person's got to be comfortable moving into the messy and saying, I'm here with you instead of, gosh, that gets me in touch with my own pain. I better not do it or I don't like negative things. You can't be that if you're going to be a caregiver. You've got to say, I'm moving in there. I'm with you. And then when I finish the session, I call a friend and say, I just have a terrible session. Have you got three minutes so I can download? Yeah. And and they just say it was awful. It sucked. And I'm so sorry and I care about you. That's how the world works.
1: Well, and our first stage in reframing is like when a house is gutted and you're renovating the house and everything's taken out, there's nothing clean about the mess. So um, speak to those who tend to be the fixers. This is your ruined phase, right? Oh, yeah. This is the ruined where where life is very powerful. It's very visual. And because I am visual, I think a lot of people can relate to it. We see it on TV um, all the time. Makes it look so nice and clean. And it's never that way. And our messes are never that way. They are unique to us because God uniquely made us. And yet sitting in the middle of a mess is is hard, but we weren't meant to sit there alone. So talk to those who want to fix and give, a, okay. give them some, like, talk to most of the church, John. <laughs> okay. say,
0: All right. I'm going to fix it right now. Stop that. Okay. <laughs> next no. It's not, All right, not, let's go
1: to quadrant two. <laughs> it's not that easy, is
0: it, Colin? I can best tell yeah. you um, the principle is is what what we what I call in um, in the book um, "Getting in the Well" with someone. And I was, and it came from um, some friends of mine. Where the daughter who's in college, she came to me and she said, "I I've got college problems. I got boyfriend problems. I got you know I'm I'm really unhappy." And every time I bring in my mom, my mom says, "Honey, look at me right now." You're smart, you're pretty, you're a winner. Feel good. And the kid said, Mom, that's so lame. And I and I said, Okay, I get it. I said, So what do you mean to do? She said, Go fix my mother. I said, Okay, great. Right. So the mother's a really good friend of mine. So I went to her, and I said, your, your daughter just isn't related to you. She says, Well, you're a you're a shrink. So God gave me the gift of wisdom and advice and encouragement, And he did. I mean, she's really that kind of person. And so you do whatever you're supposed to do as a shrink and and you cut her head open because I've got these nuggets of wisdom that you put in her head and then suture her back together. And then that would you guys do? And I said, that's kind of not what we do. She said, no, actually they she? have to
1: come from the inside. <laughs> well, here we go. Yeah, and
0: I said, so she said, well, what do you mean do? I said, well, let me tell you, her husband's a very close friend of mine too. And I said, look at it this way. Your daughter is in a well. She's in the well of a boyfriend meltdown and fear about jobs, and she's not even sure about her faith anymore. And she, it's a 40-foot well, and she's scared, and she's overwhelmed, and it's dark, and it's it's wet. And you're at the top of the well, and you love your daughter, and you look at the well where she's in there suffering and overwhelmed. But where you're from, the sky is blue, and, you know, um, Alexa's playing Hillsong, and everything's good, right? <laughs> And and you go, honey, it's I see you down there. You're smart, pretty resilient. Come on up. Like Bob she can't. Barker. He said, she can't. I said, she said, What am I supposed to do? I said, I'll tell you, here's what your husband does. He's a very good friend. He goes to the same well, sees your daughter in pain and hurting, and he jumps in the well. Dive bombs into the well, lands 40 feet, and he picks up y'all's daughter and he holds her. And he says it's really dark. It's so scary here. It's overwhelming. It's really bad. And I've got you, and I've got you until we're ready to get out. Mm. And that's why she listens to him and not you. And she said, "You're telling me to jump in the well." I said, "I am." You're a mom and you're a leader. Because, but I just want to fix. I said, "I don't know. Put duct tape on him. Whatever you do, you got to jump in there and do what he did." And she did it. And it wasn't very natural for her, but what is spiritual is often not natural, right? And so in about six weeks, I checked in and the daughter said, we're talking all the time. Mom said, it's a new skill. I've got it. And when I give this talk, I always, and especially the caretakers, Colleen, I'll say, now everybody right now is thinking, I've got to get a better job of getting to the well. I give too much advice. I'm too much of a fixer. And I said, that's a great thought. It's a great, it's a great question in your head of how can I be better? But right now, that's not the important question. So take that question of how can I get in their well better and put that in the the parking lot in your head. And here's the better question. And the better question is seven words. And the seven words are, who am I inviting to my well? Who am I inviting to my will? And you work on that because you cannot give what you've not experienced. Go home and work on that. Just like the intervention your son did on you. It's the same principle.
1: I have said over and over, you cannot give what you do not possess. If it's not in here, and famous story that, or not famous, but a story I always tell is, my daughter, when she was cutting and suicidal, said, "Mom, when you finally shut your mouth, and we sat by the fire every morning, I started to listen to you. It was not hard. It was not. I'm trying to do all these charts and and stuff, and it's like, Mom, shut up, just." Sit
0: with me. Do you you know why we do that? We do it because we're anxious, because we're trying to control something we can't control. And so we do the charts and stuff. I've done the same thing because the anxiety is so great. We don't want to feel helpless. Instead of, it's not the charts and the advice, it's the presence. She's with, mom is with me by the fire and I can say or not say what I want to do. And I feel like I'm not alone anymore because the fundamental need is always not to be alone. So uh, good for your daughter.
1: Yeah, they they say it like it is because I've told them, I promise I will listen. I promise yeah. I will take it in and um, we'll not, you know, fire, gaslight or fire back something. It's, you're safe. Let's have a relationship and let's talk. Okay. As caregivers, we often are um, very into having to fix stuff. Got to get this done. Got it checklist. So Oh, talk you mean there us. are there are a
0: lot of nine out there too, right?
1: For sure, there are. For sure, and right. yet we have to be able to receive. So, who am I inviting to the well? I love that talk about some of those relational nutrients that we need to look for. Just like the fertilizer, I'm always about. It's not. It's not what you see up here. It's down in the fertilizer. What nutrients in the soil do we need for growth and health?
0: A lot of it depends on the season of life. Sometimes when you're like, you're feeling okay, you're just kind of like, "Mm, you got energy, but you're questioning things. You want to go to the, to get, I need the nutrient of wisdom. I need the nutrient of great feedback. I need the nutrient of somebody that has a perspective that I don't get, who understands the why of my life. Sometimes when you are the judge in your head is just beating you to death and just, you know, tanking you, beating the crap out of you. You need somebody to say, "Yeah, you made some mistakes, but I think you work hard and you're going to learn from this." And I'm your friend. You didn't. You didn't alienate me when you made that mistake. That's what we call respect and hope and affirmation. They're just saying you're not perfect, but I I am so on your team. And sometimes we need somebody to just be comforting, containing. Containment is very important. We just say, "Look, I can't edit today." I can't say, I can't talk really PC right now. I'm I, I, Here it is, boom. And I just got to blab it out in the raw form. And a person who's good at containing goes, yeah, that's a lot. Let me hear more. Those kind of containing nutrients are very, very helpful.
1: Oh, those are so valuable and so needed. And a lot of times in our community, people have gone to their friends or who they had as friends. And um, they've been too much for those people. Or yeah. they they yeah. have been hurt in the church. How? What do you say to someone who struggles with trust and trying again?
0: Um, I always tell them it, it makes sense that you, you 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 have trust issues because we learn trust issues from bad relationships. What I'll say is your number one thing then is you got to find safety because trust comes from safety. And so maybe your friends are good people, but for that deeper stuff, that really early painful stuff of hurt and abuse and trauma, maybe they just don't have the training for that. So you've got to get a good, wise caretaker, coach, psychologist, counselor. They're trained to be safe. They've had 10,000 hours of being safe and start there. And, when they, and what happens in our heads is you'll do a thing called internalizing. You'll internalize this person. And you'll look at the way that they handle your negatives and handle your shame and handle your terror. And you go, now I have a template in my head because I've internalized them. I can now find people who have that because I've experienced it in a very safe way.
1: Yes, and I wish that was so much more available in the church. I think we're making progress, but more of these conversations that are very authentic and that they talk about the edgy things of life, which everybody has at some point in the mess. Everybody. We've got to just come together. And I love um, Henry's book, Nine Things You Must Stop Doing, Great. because we're always about doing more. What are some things that we need to stop doing as people as we relate to other people?
0: As on the caretaker level or on the for my own needs level?
1: Um, as a, as As just an individual, when we're relating to somebody else in a safe way. What are some um qualities that you identify right away that that will tell the person I can that's what?
0: You mean qualities that need to be stopped or qualities need to be started?
1: Oh, the qualities that you need to stop that keep people okay. from coming to you.
0: I can tell you number one. <laughs> it might be number two and number three too.
1: <laughs> okay. Just
0: don't assume that you understand. Hmm. Don't assume. And people go, well, I'm a good listener. Well, you don't know you're a good listener until the person says you're a good listener. You can say, person could say, you know, I bought an elephant, and if you say, oh, you bought a zebra, I'm a good listener. Well, you're not a good listener. <laughs> you're so, an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. So <laughs> the only way that you can be a good listener is if the listening listens to you and then finally goes, you know what, you get it. I tell you, I, I use a, I, I made up a dartboard metaphor about this. You know, you go to to a place and there's people throwing darts. I like darts. I'm not good at it. And I and won't so play you I
1: won't play the game with you then if you're not good at it. Because <laughs> you're good? No, I'm not good at throwing darts either. <laughs> well, why
0: don't we both play together and be not good?
1: There you go. Hey, okay. we can make a ton of holes in the wall and reframe that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you want to get the bullseye, but you you might be on the numbers. Who knows? And I say the attunement is like that. It's you're throwing darts and you're saying, Did I get it? And the person might say, No, you're not even on the wall. You're on this wall over here. <laughs> you're that bad. And you go, okay. <laughs> what you're saying again, it's kind of the active listening paraphrasing part. It seems like you seem like you're feeling angry because of what happened with that person that triggers something from the past. Hmm. And they go, no, I wasn't angry. I was anxious. Okay, wrong wall. And you keep, you just, you have to be very humble and a and learner. You can't assume you get it. And then finally, you'll say, oh, you were anxious because it made you feel alone to something past. And the person goes, you're on the board. Now, bullseye. the goal in life as a caretaker is not to have a bullseye. Nobody, nobody, how good they are, hits a bullseye every time. But if you hit on the board, most of the time, people go away going, she gets it. Yeah. She gets me. But you have to humble yourself and say a lot. I do it all the time. Did I get it? Not quite. Change it here. And I finally say X and I go, you understand me. It takes work, but you must get it, the affirmation from the listener and then you're listening. That's the number one mistake people make is assuming that they can do it without that.
1: Well, I think what you're talking about is basic um, reflective listening, and that is being present. Look at the body language. How are the arms? How are the legs? How are the eyes? Are you engaged? Are you not engaged? How does the facial structure? That's why the mask stuff drove me nuts because I could not see the whole face of what a person was feeling. Right. And asking questions is another thing that I'm hearing you say. You know, mm-hmm. just, so I hear you say you're feeling this or you're feeling that. Well, not quite. You know, you're you're really engaging in the conversation.
0: But the questions thing is really interesting because there are questions to ask and some not to ask. Now, mm-hmm. if you need the, ad, the, 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 the beginning information like, I don't know, was it your your boyfriend or your husband, or was it, you know, what kind of drugs do you take? You got to get the facts. But once you've got the basic, basic facts, some people, because they're anxious, will keep asking that and they'll get out of the feelings. They'll get the other person out of the feelings. For example, you know, somebody would be crying and saying, you know, nobody's ever really been with me. And they'll say... What time is lunch? I mean, really bad stuff. <laughs> so don't you're fired
1: ask questions. <laughs> exactly. questions.
0: Presence always trumps the question, except at the beginning when you're getting the data.
1: And people will really basically tell you um, if you listen, it's it's just the reflective listening. It's it's watching, yeah. and they'll tell you it's not rocket science.
0: And and they they deeply desire it and need it. You're providing something nobody's ever done most of the time
1: talk to us about a life team you talk about the three to three to ten people and you have them all over the world obviously because you travel you can't have them locally um and the seven seas which are wonderful talk us through that a little bit
0: well when you go to the bible it just says that you know Ecclesiastes four woe to you if you fall and not another person lifts you up that's not about jesus that's about people um or Matthew 26, Jesus is on the mount, he's sweating great drops of blood, he's with the Father in some mm-hmm. mystical way that we don't understand. Yet he turns around to three dudes, you know, Peter, James, and John, and says, Sit with me, I'm very depressed. Mm-hmm. So here's God who even says, I need people. So I started thinking we need a multiplicity. We can't have too many because it takes a long time to be really vulnerable and open up. So that's when the life team concept can come in. And 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 they they basically have several qualities. Nobody's perfect, but you, if you get these several qualities, you've got somebody for life. Hmm. One is that they're full of grace. They would never judge. They may confront something, but they're never going to judge your shame. They, they're people who are full of grace. You, nothing happens without grace, as you know. Nothing. Second, yes. they're, they're honest. I mean, they'll say, like your kids tell you, do it a different way. They're not going to let your life go off a cliff because they you know, are afraid to say that. So they're full of grace. They're full of truth. The third one is that they're really serious about growth it's not like yeah i go to you know i read a book a year and i go to church no they're nice people but they're not life team people they're serious about growth they're willing to put time into it the fourth thing is they're vulnerable i mean they open it up and they talk about the hard stuff and the painful stuff and the screw-ups and all that it's not like they're fixed and you're and you're the idiot they're, it's this back and forth and the vulnerability makes it very 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 important because yeah. Then, you know, you're in a safe place. Another one is that there's got to be chemistry I and mean, you can't really define chemistry. But you, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to meet with this person, they'll probably be good for me, but it's going to be a really long meeting. That's not it. It's somebody you really look forward to being with. And then they've got to they, there's got to be some uh, capacity to put time and structure into it. Mm-hmm. Not like, hey, when I was a great lunch, we really got deep. I'll see you when I see you because, you know, we're all busy. It'll never happen. It's like, can we meet every week, every two weeks, every month? Where, where can we meet? What are we going to do? Are we going to pray to read the Bible? We're going to open up. And there's got to be that process of opening up. And then when you've got somebody like that, I, I've had CEOs come back and say, I was so afraid to do this because I'll tell them your assignment is, you know, you got to get four. And I te- it takes about four months to get four. And they'll come back and they'll go, These people said, nobody does this with me. I can't be this open with anybody in my life. Where can I sign up? It's just a fundamental need. So I just made it sort of doable with some steps to it.
1: John, you have given us so many good things to consider, to think about, and really to ponder as we look at our lives, our relationship with Christ, but also our relationships with one another. And even however busy we are, there's always a need in our lives for relationship and for community. I really encourage all of you listening or watching to pick up a book, Pick Up People Fuel, because in it, John gives these wonderful points that we've talked about and an additional how do you pull a team together. Um, it's, it's just such a valuable resource. So I really encourage you to pick that up. We'll put the link in our notes. Also, the John Townsend Institute. We've linked that here as well. Please check that out because a lot of times in our lives, if we are stuck or if we are in a place of boredom or feeling isolated, getting back involved and pursuing something that gives you life and gives you purpose is invigorating. It also allows you to meet other people. So check out John's video that we have here and learn more about the Institute. He has amazing teachers, amazing professors, And such good growth. In fact, it could be your 2.0 for life. Thank you so much, John, for your time. I so appreciate it.